Jesus calls us to love our neighbours, and not just those who live next door or at the end of the street. But many of our global neighbours, like Morsheda in Bangladesh, face a daily battle to survive. Water came in from all directions. If the flood water shuts the door, I'm scared we won't be able to get out. The water could rise up to the children's faces and drown them. The river is like the angel of death. It destroys everything. It leaves nothing untouched. Christian Aid is providing home safety packages, enabling families here to raise their land above the level of the water. Help us to do the same for Mosheda, to ensure she and her family have a safe place to live before the next flood strikes. Christian Aid Week is the week we love every neighbour. Please join us. Christian Aid Week was a few weeks back, but we've just decided to extend it to Christian Aid Month uh, unilaterally. We're going to use as a call to worship some words that were offered in the uh, Christian Aid outline service, which I've drawn on fairly heavily for this service. I think the words are on your sheet, and they will also appear, hopefully, if I've done this right, on the screen. God declares... I will pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and the young shall see visions and the old shall dream dreams. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Our opening hymn of praise this morning is number 391 in the red hymn books and again the words will appear uh, behind me on the screen. If you are able, you are invited to stand for the hymn. If you're not able, that's absolutely fine. And if you don't want to stand, that's also absolutely fine. But let's just have a good lusty sing of uh, the Mary's song, the Magnificat. Thanks, Paul.
And so our opening prayer this morning is again adapted from the Christian Aid Week material. And at the end of it, we will join together in the Lord's Prayer in whatever is your own most natural form. So let's pray together. Holy God, pour out your spirit as you promised on all humanity. Let daughters and sons prophesy. The old dream dreams, the young see visions, and all who have been enslaved break free to proclaim your goodness. Let all your children eat their fill and praise your name for the wonders you have done, according to your presence, sorry, acknowledging your presence as the one and only Lord. Let struggles be ended and justice be done. Accomplish your purpose and reconcile all things through the blood of the cross. Make us servants of your justice in the power and name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, who taught his friends to pray together like this, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. slightly off centre with a screen this morning, never mind. 
We're going to have a bit of a quiz now. I was very conscious when I was preparing for this service that a lot of people had already been at Christian Aid Week services or events or, or, or talks or whatever, and I didn't want to repeat stuff that you had already heard. So I did a bit of research on Christian Aid's very excellent website, and I'm going to give us, we're going to have a little bit of a quiz. It's two rounds. The first round is on history, and the second round is on celebrities. So um, the questions will appear on the screen, but I will also read them out. And if you think you know an answer, just shout it out after I've read the question. So question one, in which decade was Christian Aid founded? Which decade? It was in the 20th century. I'll give you that much. 1940s. Let's have a look. It was. Uh, in the 1940s, an organisation called Christian Reconstruction in Europe was founded, and in 1964, it was called Christian Aid. Okay. In which year was the first Christian Aid Week held, first week Christian Aid collection held? You have a guess. I'm not going to shout out if you get it wrong. Sorry? 1965? Anybody else? Sorry? 1946. It's actually somewhere between those two. It wasn't 1946 and it wasn't 1965. It was somewhere in between them. One more guess. 1949. Let's have a look. It was actually 1957. And apparently in that year, a replica of a refugee camp was built at St. Martin in the Fields Church in London to kind of raise awareness of what they were collecting for. I think that's quite poignant somehow, thinking where we are um, again now. Okay, in 1969, Christian Aid, for the first time, challenged the UK government on policy. What policy, there were two kinds of policy, what were they that they challenged them on? Any thoughts? Poor and aid. Foreign aid, sorry, my ears are not with it, so I've got the tail end of cold. Foreign, foreign aid is one of them, yep, and there was one other. Okay. It was aid or foreign aid and trade. So that's the beginnings of trade justice go right back to the 1960s. Okay, this is the Baptist question because you have to have one. Which Baptist minister was the director of Christian aid in the 1980s? And that's him in the, in the corner. Um, he also used to sign fair trade church things. No, he didn't sign ours. He, he retired by then. It is Michael Taylor, indeed, Reverend Michael Taylor, who was once upon a time the principal of Northern Baptist College, where I trained, so I had to get him in, really. Okay, in the 1990s, as part of one of Christian Aid's campaigns, which politician appeared on the front of the independent newspaper standing next to a giant lobster and a bunch of grapes? It's amazing what you can find out on the internet. (laughs) So, a government minister standing next to a giant lobster and a bunch of grapes and was seen in a newspaper doing this. Uh, That would have been good, wouldn't it? Okay, it was actually Claire Short, who at the time was Secretary of State for International Development. Okay, so we're going to move on to the celebrities round now, so I'm kind of hoping that some people will like that one. Okay, former Boyzone singer Ronan Keating has been a trade justice ambassador 
since 2004. Which African country has he visited with Christian aid? And you can have a guess even if you don't know. Kenya? Kenya? Nigeria? One more guess. Malawi? Malawi. You're all wrong. It's Ghana. (laughs) So he went to Ghana. Okay. Damod Gavin is one of our best-loved celebrity gardeners, and he has visited Kenya with Christian Aid. At which two UK venues was his eco-garden exhibited? Chelsea, maybe. Anybody else want to have a guess? Eden Project, one more guess. Sorry? Ingleston. Let's have a look, shall we? Uh, Grand Designs at the NEC. Uh, That's in Birmingham. And the Eden Projects in Cornwall. So, well done, Katrina. Okay. Actress Hayley Atwell visited a company that I'm going to say the name of wrong, but it's something like Sopetska in Nicaragua. What does that company produce? It's kind of a clue in the picture. Berries? Yeah, close. Coffee. Yep, it's a coffee-producing company. Which two countries have been visited by MOBO award-winning singer Lamar? So you can have a go, some more guesses at your African countries now. Kenya and Uganda. One of those is correct. Anybody want to have a guess of another country in, in Africa he might have been to visit? For schedule now. Okay, he's been to Uganda and Ethiopia. Last question, and I'm probably going to get this pronounced wrong as well. Actress Greta Scacchi is involved with campaigns on what kind of issues on behalf of Christian Aid? If you know her and you know what her interests are, that's an easy question. If, like me, you've never heard of her, it's a tricky question. Anyone I have a, wants to hazard a guess? Okay. She campaigns for Christian Aid on environmental issues. So that was just a bit of fun, really, just to give us a little bit of the history of Christian Aid, going right back to the 1940s to see what's changed and what's stayed the same, and to realise that a lot of celebrities get involved with Christian Aid as ambassadors in in different parts of the world. We're going to try now and sing a song that uh, was written... It comes from Bangladesh, which is the focus country for this year. It's been translated into English... We now have the kind of Paul and Katrina translation of which order the verses go in, which is not the order that appears on the sheet. So the plan is that we sing the verse that starts for justice and peace. Then we think the chorus is where life has lost its dignity. Then we go back and sing we'll work for justice and peace the second time. And then where life has lost its dignity a second time. The words are on the screen, I think, in the right order. But it could be one of those moments when it all goes horribly wrong. So just make it up if you need to. Paul, do you want to just run us through the tune or teach it to us, whatever you think is appropriate? Okay.
So we're getting into the summer now, which is when the rotors start to get interesting. Um, our rotor reader wasn't available for this week, and it was a bit short notice to ask anybody uh, individually to do it. So we're going to do some corporate reading this morning, some corporate reading of scripture. And I'm just trying to work out how this is going to work. I think there are probably enough men here to do it on male-female lines. I would like to invite the men, and I will lead off and then shut up so it's male voices, to read the psalm for us together. And then I would like to ask the women to read Mary's song of praise together. And I will, I will lead that one off, but I will keep going with that one. So if the men can read Psalm 8, there are copies on, on the tables, but you will have to share them. Um, there aren't quite enough to go round for one each. Uh, but if you've got sight of them, you may have to turn around, move around to find them. There were, there were two copies of each on each table to start with, but if they've been pinched, then you'll have to share, which is kind of what Christian Aid Week's about. Um, so hope, if you haven't got sight of it, don't worry. It doesn't matter. You can just sit and enjoy listening if you can't manage to see one. If they've all been pinched off your table. We do have some people here who don't seem to have, have sight. So are we, okay, does everybody have sight of something? Um, right, so I'll start off the men. I'll, give you, I'll do the first sentence with you, and then I'm going to leave it to the men to lead, lead us in Psalm 8. And we listen together for the word of God in these scriptures. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouths of babes and infants, you have founded the whole work because of your foes to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? Yet you have made them a little lower than God, and crowned them with glory and honor. You have given them dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under their feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field the birds of the air, and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Sovereign, how majestic is your name in all the earth. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour. For he has looked with favour on the lowliness of his servant. Surely from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy, according to the promise. 
I suppose that growing up in the 1960s, at a time when suddenly everybody's horizons were expanding, it was inevitable that the vision of Christian age should really take root in a young mind or heart. And as I grew up as a Christian in those years, it seemed to me absolutely obvious that the work, the vision of Christian aid, was something central to what it was to being a Christian, being a citizen, being a human being in the world we inhabit today. And that sense of conviction about Christian aid has never really left me, and that's why I feel so greatly privileged to have been invited to take on the chair of the board of Christian aid. One of the great slogans that Christian aid circulated in years gone by was, we believe in life before death. And that wonderful, challenging, mischievous slogan is something which expresses a great deal of a vision which says that it's possible to live in a world where our fellow human beings really are allowed to be alive. To be alive in the fullest sense, to enjoy security for themselves and their families, a sense of a future that's not under threat, a sense that they have some power over the circumstances of their own lives, some ability to shape the world they live in. Because one of the biggest mistakes we can make about Christian aid, as about so many aid organisations, is to imagine that it's just about handouts to needy people. No, it is about power and the distribution of power. It's about dignity and the recognition of dignity. And that's why the work of Christian aid never just stops with relief or aid. It is about development. It is about the growth of people and communities. And increasingly, of course, it's about the growth of a sense of responsibility for the world we inhabit, the whole environment we're in which is why Christian Aid's interest in climate change is a deeply significant part of its work and its programme. We're being challenged by Christian Aid to ask what it is to live justly, sensibly, righteously, if you want old-fashioned language, in a world of limited resources and deep inequalities. Christian Aid challenges us to look at what we do with those limited resources and how we adjust those deep inequalities. It asks us to imagine something, imagine a world in which it really is possible to receive gifts from one another and give gifts to one another, to occupy a space together that we cherish and love and conserve, and perhaps above all, to take one another's dignity with the deepest possible seriousness and the deepest possible hopefulness. Whilst there are almost undoubtedly some people here who can recall the early days of Christian Aid and its forerunners, for many people, and I count myself among these, it's something that's just always been there. I've got memories as a teenager of being sent out from church to deliver and later to collect envelopes. And I can recall the comments that you used to get when you would knock on the door. There would be, oh, I'm ever sorry... I've lost the envelope, my duck. This was that kind of part of England that where people talk, spoke like that. I said, well, that's okay. We've got a spare one because a Sunday school teacher always told us to go out with spares. Or there would be, well, I'm really sorry, it's not more. There would be the people who would say, well, frankly, the government ought to be doing this. Or charity begins at home, you know. Or it's really good to see the churches working together on something. And then we would go back to the church with the envelopes and we would rip them open 
and we would start to count. And you would take out the washers and the foreign coins, because in those days you couldn't take the foreign coins, and you would count the money. And often it was coppers, half pences were still around in those days, pennies, tuppences, a few tenpences, and occasionally a 50 pence piece, and even more rare, and it would be even rarer now, a pound note. Generally don't get pound notes nowadays. And we would observe then, as people still do, that it was often those with the least disposable income, as far as we could tell, who gave the most actual money. The slogans would change from time to time, and the logo was reinvented. Christian aid education evenings, which we used to have, the coffee mornings, and even the house-to-house collections dwindled. And for me, it became more one of those background things, something that I did in May and something I did in December, but never really thought about the rest of the year. And actually, it's been really good for me this year because we've come late to Christian Aid Week. I've had to go beyond just taking the material and delivering it and actually do some research to remind myself what Christian Aid is, what it's about. I know for a fact that some of you are far more proactive in supporting Christian Aid than I am, and I can't even see Leanne. She may have gone out to Sunday school. Leanne works for them, so she's probably forgotten more than I've ever known. (coughs) Excuse me. But I think it is very useful to remind ourselves this morning of the values of Christian Aid, which you can find on their website, and we're going to be looking at those a little bit this morning. A value of love and solidarity that we are called to love and care for one another in compassion and humility as we stand alongside all those who struggle against poverty, powerlessness and injustice. A value of dignity and respect. This is all Christian aid speak, so the we means Christian aid. We are convinced that every human being has innate dignity. All people are of equal worth which is why we place honesty and respect for others at the heart of what we do. Justice and equality. We understand that where people lack power, poverty prevails. So we support work that empowers individuals and communities. We fight injustice and inequality with courage, hope and determination challenging the structures and systems that prevent people from rising out of poverty. Cooperation and partnership. Our work is rooted in a spirit of cooperation and we affirm the value of acting in partnership with others. We work with and for the churches as well as with other faith and secular groups. We also engage with other key actors, including civil society, government and the private sector, in various ways and on various levels. Accountability and stewardship. We are accountable for how we use the resources entrusted to us, ensuring that our decision-making is open and transparent, 
We measure our impact and are always striving to improve our performance. We are committed to being effective stewards of the planet's scarce resources and caring for the Earth for the sake of future generations. So that's just a summary of the five values. Love and solidarity, dignity and respect, justice and equality, cooperation and partnership, accountability and stewardship. The work of Christian aid is unashamedly rooted in the timeless truths of the Christian gospel. And it comes as no surprise that when we turn to the scriptures, we find clear expression of the self-same values we've just been hearing. It seems a little bit of overkill for me to spell out how the beautiful poetry of Psalm 8, with its awe and wonder in the natural world, or the equally beautiful words of the Magnificat, with its keen prophetic and political edge, find practical expression in the values and work of Christian aid. And I would also say in the values of other organisations that we support, such as BMS and the Leprosy Mission. What I'm going to do instead is I'm not going to talk anymore after I've finished explaining. I'm just going to invite you to spend a few minutes reflecting on those scriptures, which is partly why you've got them on the table, and the values of Christian aid, which you also have copies of, and how you as an individual respond to any of that. So there are a number of options of how you might like to use the next few minutes. One of them is you might like to have a chat around some of those values. And can I suggest if you want to chat, you perhaps move to the snug um, so that it's not distracting people who want to be quiet. So you might have to be really brave if you want to chat and move there. But also on your tables, you'll find some blank paper, some pencils and crayons and felt tips. And you just use that however you would like to. You could use it on your own. You could use it collectively with somebody else. You might like to draw something or doodle something. You might like to have a go at writing a psalm or or your own version of the Magnificat. I can't even say it. Or you might just like to sit quietly and reflect. Something you've heard in the scriptures or that we've sung in a song. Something you've seen in the videos that we've watched. Something that came from the breakfast that we shared. And don't be afraid to turn to a different table if that is going to be more helpful for you. We're going to have some music played in the background that lasts around about seven minutes. It's fairly familiar. Um, I chose it more for its length than anything else. Uh, It's from The Armed Man, and it's the Benedictus. So that will play, and all I would ask is that at the end of that music, um, we just return back around the tables if if we've moved away from them. And just to reassure you, you're not going to have to share anything with the the wider congregation. Whatever you do is yours, private, personal, between you and God. So around about seven minutes or so, just to reflect on anything we've heard, seen, read or sung.
We continue to respond to what we have been thinking about and hearing about as we sing together number 321 in the hymn book, and the words will also appear on the screen. The kingdom of God is justice and joy. intercessory prayers, our prayers for others today, are very much taken from the Christian Aid Week material. On your table, you will see some strips of um, woven jute that I cut up from some shopping bags of mine that were worn out. They'd gone into holes, so I felt it was legitimate to cut them up. Many of the women in Bangladesh use jute. They kind of harvest the jute and weave the threads that are made into bags like these, and then are often exported to our country to be sold to us to do our shopping and save our 5p on the reusable bags. So I just invite you to take one of these strips um, now or later. Um, You might like to hold it as we're praying. You might like to tie it around your wrist. You might like to have it as a bookmark. Whatever is right for you is the right thing to do it for. It's just a reminder that these are real people with real lives for whom we are praying the, <coughs> the interactive element of the prayers is just a response. When I say the words, we hear your call, Lord, you are invited to join me in saying, help us to love every neighbour. So I will say, hear, we hear your call, Lord, and then we say together, help us to love every neighbour. So let's pray together. We pray for Morsheda, our neighbour, and those like her, 
who don't know if they will have a home tomorrow, who don't know if they will have food tomorrow, for whom living by a river means living in fear. We hear your call, Lord. Help us to love every neighbour. We pray for Feroza, our neighbour, and those like her who have been lifted from danger to safety, who have been lifted from hunger to fullness, who have found new hope with Christian aid. We hear your call, Lord. Help us to love every neighbour. We pray for politicians, for our neighbours and for the world's business leaders, for courage to push for what is right, for boldness to forge a path to climate justice, for wisdom to make decisions that are fair for all. We hear your call, Lord. Help us to love every neighbour. We pray for our neighbours in the church, local and global, that we may be united in your love, challenged by your spirit to change and stirred by your spirit to act. We hear your call, Lord. Help us to love every neighbour. We pray for our neighbours in Glasgow, for the sick and lonely and tired. As we encounter them this week, may we show them the light of your love. We hear your call, Lord. Help us to love every neighbour. Amen. O Saviour Christ, in whose way of life lies the secret of all life and the hopes of all the people, we pray for quiet courage to meet this hour. We did not choose to be born or to live in such an age, but let its problems challenge us. Its discoveries exhilarate us. Its injustice anger us. Its possibilities inspire us. And its vigour renew us. For your kingdom's sake. Amen. to respond to God's goodness to us as we take up our offering as an act of worship.
so loving God, you have given us so much that we really don't know how to count at all. And we have seen images that are shocking and stirring that prompt us to give to help others. And so in our regular giving for the work of this church here and in our special giving for the work of Christian Aid, we pray your blessing of wisdom and courage to use that money wisely. In the name of Christ. Amen. We remain seated as we sing a song as we gather around the table of the Lord. Communion this morning is around the tables. Um, I'm going to be moving. Paul and John are going to be moving. If you're not at a table, please just quietly move around one so that you can share in the bread and wine. Just put yourself on the edge of a table. Or if you're feeling really brave, there's one at the front uh, you can come to. We're not going to serve out with the tables. Um, This is about being together, being community. So please um, just quietly move if you would like to take part in that. And I promise not to watch. Jesus shared many meals with friends and strangers. (coughs) One time, he went to the home of a tax collector called Zacchaeus, 
whose life was turned around as he gave away his ill-gotten gains. Another time, he went to the home of a Pharisee called Simon, and a woman came and anointed him with precious oil. One time, he took the bread and fishes offered by a small boy and made possible a picnic for several thousand people. And another time, he barbecued fish for breakfast with his closest friends. All of these meals, all of these homes and tables, hills and beaches where Jesus shared meals, and out of them, there is one that he asked his followers to remember. One that was a permanent sign and symbol of the new creation that began to emerge with his life, death and resurrection. One evening in the springtime, Jesus and his friends made their way to an upper guest room in which a meal had been prepared to mark the festival of the Passover. And in comparative comfort, at the end of a long day, they could relax. They could recall the wonderful story of how Yahweh had led their forebears from slavery to freedom and had remained faithful to them throughout the ages. As they filled their bellies with the good food, talked and laughed, sang and prayed, they could not yet know that this meal was different. Jesus took up a piece of bread and he spoke the familiar words of blessing before he tore it apart. And as they chewed on the bread, his words filled the air. Just like this bread, my body will be broken for you. Remember this each time you eat it. Time passed and the evening drew to its close. Jesus lifted the cup of wine one last time and prayed one last blessing. Just like this wine, my blood will be poured out for you. Remember this each time you drink it. The cup passed round. Each one drank and each one found the word seared into his memory. Remember me. And so we, gathered around these tables in this place, stir the memories of our own and express our own commitment to pass on the story and to live out the gospel in this generation. On each table there is some bread and wine. Perhaps one person will feel able to offer a simple prayer of thanksgiving and others to pass around the elements. In our own time and among those seated close to us, we recall and symbolise all that Christ has done and still does for all of us. So let's share together. Lord of life, we thank you for your many, many gifts to us, and we commit ourselves anew to your service. Amen. Our closing hymn is number 613 in the hymn books and will appear on the screen. The Church of Christ 
in every age, beset by change but spirit-led, must claim and test its heritage and keep on rising from the dead. We stand, if we're able, as we sing. before the closing prayer. Christine, would you like to come and join me at the front? Very exciting surprise today. We have our link missionary, Christine, all the way from France. And you've been running the Glasgow 12 10K? Yeah, just now. And you were running it for Tier Fund, is that right? Yeah. Yep, so Christine has been raising money for Tier Fund while we've been raising money for Christian Aid. And she's also working for BMS, who we all support. So that's fantastic. Lovely to see you, Christine. I'm sure people will want to chat with you after the service. And so in place of a blessing today, we're going to use a commissioning prayer suggested by Christian Aid. Oh God, you promise a world where those who now weep shall laugh, those who are hungry shall feast... Those who are poor now and excluded shall have your kingdom for their own. We want this world too. We renounce despair. We will act for change. And we choose to be included in your great feast of life. Mm -hmm. 